podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Stephanie Smittle, and I'm here with Rebecca Hall and Omaya Jones. Hello, and today we'll catch up with what's happening in the arts and entertainment world in central Arkansas, and we'll talk with Matthew Castellano, a visual artist who's found himself at the helm of the Central Arkansas Zine Nights. So see our Rock Candy blog for a roundup of the films in the Southern Stories block at the Hot Springs Documentary Film Festival. That wrapped last week. And uh, so one of our contributors, Christian Luce, was on site and checked out six of the films in the Southern Stories block, uh, all of which sort of tackled the complexity and the nuance of the South. Uh, The movie Hillbilly is in there, a movie called The Gospel of Eureka that we've talked about on this podcast that juxtaposes the sort of gay pageantry nightclub uh, uh, scene in Eureka Springs with the... Uh, passion of the Christ sort of uh, passion play about Christ's crucifixion. So uh, really intriguing sort of little mini reviews of the Hot Springs Documentary Film Festival. So check that out and we'll be right back. Matthew Castellano, welcome to No Small Talk. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, So we tried to have you on before actually um, when the last Z night and you, so you had like a family emergency. I, I did and have so a family emergency. I know things were kind of chaotic around that time. Oh, yeah. And so I, I thought it would be neat to start with sort of how you got here, because I know you're not originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. You're right. from Florida. Yeah, South Florida. South Florida. Miami? Uh, South Miami. Homes, yeah. well, a place called Homestead, Florida. Right. Yeah. And so how did you end up in Little Rock? Well, um, graduated and just was kind of like, kind of just took off for a little while mm-hmm. just didn't really want to do any kind of college or schooling or anything and uh really into skateboarding at the time like a lot of skateboarding like all the time and then i just kind of needed to get out of florida mm-hmm. and i've seen a lot of florida and i've seen a lot of other places the whole time growing up and my, luckily my family traveled a lot or went to places a lot and was able to do that and my grandparents retired from South Florida, moved to Arkansas, um, just outside of Harrison, Arkansas, by the Buffalo, because granddad was really into the park service and the mm-hmm. Buffalo River, and he really liked the park service there, and so he wanted to be a part of that, and so we retired in like '92, and then we visited, and I stayed for like a summer as a child one time, and I really liked it, you know, just so different from Florida, and then I had a chance of uh, kind of getting out and trying to like do something different. So <laughs> I did something different and yeah. ended up in Harrison for a year, which was a very long year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you quickly made your way to Little Rock. Yeah. I needed yeah. the city. I, I realized yeah. I needed the, I like the nature and the greenery and everything, but I needed a city. Yeah. My, yeah. my ideas were there. So How long were you here before you started getting involved in the local scenes? Uh, well, I started, Actually, I started making zines in Harrison. I worked a night audit job at the Days Inn right off 65. Mm. Um, And the last week or so that I was at the hotel, knowing that I was moving down to Little Rock, I I printed off a whole bunch of zines. And then I came down here and I started handing them out, not knowing what they were really. Just uh, I grew up with a few of them from South Florida and realized – that was a lot of lot to undertake. So I just drew and kind of made, you know, stuff work, work yeah. it out, you know, scan over scan, print over print, cool. you know, little things um, like that. You moved to Little Rock. You 
you you hang out with these zines, and then you become just part of like the local art scene, right? I that's why I moved to Little Rock with mm-hmm. an intention to do something with art. Like I've worked for you know that point, I don't know three, four, five years right out of high school, just feeling like, oh, you know, I could take some time off to focus on something else, and just took the time to uh, formulate some kind of style <laughs> of expression. Yeah. And man, it was a weird one. That was a weird couple of years in the beginning. Um, actually, I want to talk about your art. Yeah. Uh, especially like the character that you created. Yeah. I know you had a show not too long ago at uh, North Little Rock at their library. Yes. Um, the William F. Lehman Library, Argenta Branch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you have like you have a very, I think, a, a it's a definite style. Um, and I, and you look at it uh, like you have this character that you developed. And I don't know if I would describe it as clean, but there's like sort of like sci-fi sort of. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, most like, uh, uh, oh yeah, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with sci-fi yeah. as an adult more than as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that element of sci-fi as a kid that you know, growing up in the '90s, a lot of like monster in your pocket kind yeah. of stuff, just that kind of monsters. But um, I really got into this serious illustration from the '70s. Yeah. I really kind of dove into that. Yeah, and now. I know whenever I see you, sometimes I'll try to talk you into doing more comics and like yeah. taking that character and developing it. But a bit. I assume there's a whole backstory to him. Right, I, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I was trying to develop it with the collecting series. This one mm. series I did of like, I think I did 10 and I was just rushing through it. Um, kind of just chipping away at how to, how to do a comic, you know, how to illustrate my style or come up with a way and, uh, without really stealing somebody else's or cheating in any way, you know, just make something up and see my weak points. There's a lot of weak points. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm working on being able to, to write a story better. Mm-hmm. And luckily there's enough people around that I can talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, they, they really drive me to be better at writing. But, I mean, that's that's a hard one to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and before you were... I guess you were always doing the illustrations, but you also were doing animation too. Yeah, I really like. I just get curious about something, and I want to like. I break it down to a very basic. What do I have? And I made an animation for a band, a local band called Head Cold, mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of their early, early songs, but it was the shortest. And uh, a, another, like a concert promoter, uh, was like, "Here, do this," you know. Uh, that'd be really cool if you did this for the sci-fi fantasy film fest thing. And, uh, I did, and it was like well received and I was really happy with it because I made it all with my iPhone, the very basic home, you know, step-by-step stop animation. (laughs) (laughs) Are you like a process junkie? Like, do you just get Um, really into like figuring out? I, yeah. uh, You know, as a kid, I really liked those, how it's made kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know, and just watching how things were being made. Um, but I also like replicating things like uh, I, my weakness right now, and it's been my weakness for like two years, is casting and making molds. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, struggled with that. So designing and illustrating and, and, and definitely getting my, like, I, I'm across all media. Like, I want to do everything just to see if I can or yeah. not. And one thing will click. But eventually I just kind of elaborate on my style using a different method. Mm-hmm. Just to see, I'm very curious. So yeah, I would be a process junkie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and then, in yeah. addition to your own, I, like, you do a lot of promotion of other people's work too. And I think yeah. is that how you got started working with Gallery 360? Well, um, the way that I got introduced to Gallery 360, um, not knowing anything about the ACAC at the time, but 
maybe the very little bits of the end of the ACAC when it was on Main Street mm-hmm. and downtown. Um, it was uh, a wake up. You know, I got to experience a group of people that were making art in a space, and it was like, all right, I can, you know, I can get down with this. And then watching uh, grow into what Dedicated turned out to be. Uh, and then, of course, these things obviously grew faster than what people can contend you know the idea just kind of blew up and it was just a it was a great idea so i'm taking a lot of those times and looking at all those things and trying to formulate a little better um but i was introduced with a show with jose and uh um everett g uh into a show called Bunker Dogs in like 2013 mm-hmm. and, and then i was introduced to jay and they he really liked my work and was like this is a fantastic show. And with that, I started to look at Gallery 360 differently, like as an opportunity. It wasn't instant, like it took like a year or so, but mm-hmm. um, I approached him with ideas and he was just really into letting me do something. Right. <laughs> and then, so initially you were programming or curating shows there, the Icebox? The Icebox, yeah. yeah. It was my first one to do a group show. And I went to the length of buying like 10 pre made frames and giving certain artists like three frames to build you know uh put in just put in whatever art they thought was represented and you know make it work and i learned a lot about labeling and how much work that is and um i invited a lot of people that were educated in art too in that show and then some people that just were doing it for fun self-taught and i thought i made a great show yeah so i did it now i get to do a fourth one <laughs> and then and part of and so part of like what i think makes you special is that you're really into building a community so in addition mm-hmm. to doing the icebox shows and your own stuff and promoting other people through the curation of the shows you also would do these you would do these drink and draws yeah. and you like you would have people come um, and just hang out and like learn from each other mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like everything that you do is really community oriented it's just a uh, social experiments really um i have this putty you know like little mm-hmm. rock is such a putty thing you can like mold it into something if you just are diligent enough uh it was first the drink and draw and then i we dropped the kind of drink and draw right, mentality yeah. and then kind of turned it into art club mm-hmm. just to be a little bit more accepted to everybody it doesn't matter and then a lot of people wanted a prompt so they didn't come back or uh, they just didn't like the free form of it. They didn't get it at first. Yeah. And then a very good core set of people started showing up every time and it made it even better because those people became better friends over the last yeah. couple of years. And I'm really excited to bring it back soon. Yeah. So starting like next year, um, I know I said it was sooner, but next year yeah. our club will be starting up again. It's just, I don't want anybody to, to miss out on that anymore. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed it. You know, it was like, right. yes, it's here. <laughs> and so now going forward, um, I guess there are really two things that we're going to talk about. Sure. And one thing that I want to address is you're taking more ownership at Gallery 360, right? And you've mm-hmm. got to go fund me. You're trying to raise money and you're trying to do what I think are some really cool things in terms of um, curating shows that specifically highlight women, right? Uh, women and, and um, people of diverse backgrounds right. and people of color, you know, just... Um, you know, I, I looked around and I asked and I got and got an assessment of like what was missing and emergent arts is one thing, but that can be easily be skewed by one way or another mm-hmm. bias of some sort. Um, I really kind of like being a scout and finding artists and, and being like, I think I think you could do exactly. I think you were at a point where I was and I want you to see a different perspective, like be a part of a show. 
and then that that'll either make or break somebody you know they'll either be like yes and their talent just kind of explodes you know and uh, i really feel if i set something up like that which i wish i had when i was starting out um it would be amazing if it got bigger you know like if it just became more i don't know just something bigger than it is and I'm really, really lucky to do four of them. Like mm-hmm. this is, and this is an all-female show this year, and I just, I really feel like a lot of them are empowering to see that, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I really feel like that's what's missing. I know there's going to be a lot of them next year, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shows like that in the town. And I really like if we start in January, then it's going to be like a great wave for artists all throughout the year. And there's like a certain buzz that I really feel like it should be positive and empowering and inspiring. Yeah. and set in professional development for some there's some artists in this show that are are definitely professionals already and um i just want to open that up too you know yeah. like give them that because yeah. they deserve it <laughs> <laughs> and then and then with zine night so zine night had a history before you started organizing it right and it uh, used yeah. to be at birdie's garden yeah uh, it was it was again put on with the group of uh tyler evans and um elgin and everett d you know uh G, I'm sorry. I'm going to mess that up every time. And then you're like, a couple of those guys have moved. They moved and, you know, they wanted to keep it going. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, But I, again, I started to do one at Vino's. I was offered the back room for, you know, uh, almost like, yes, do this, please. And get Nate Powell involved. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, this is going to be awesome. And of course, the family emergency thing kicked in and I just kind of lost all control of it. Because, you know, what I had to drop everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, oh, and I really hoped it worked out. But then I got to actually think about it after it happened and, and realize that, all right, so if we do multiple zine nights and kind of take the spectacle kind of out of it, like it's one night out of the year mm-hmm. kind of thing, if, and if we do multiple of them, then we start getting different audiences and different crowds and different vendors and different people. I mean, it's really just for zines. It's really just going to be about zines and promoting that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just communication. <laughs> uh, do you consider zines to be um, outsider art? Um, yes, I do. Um, now, they there are zines that are made for purpose of being visually stunning and mm-hmm. art-wise. Um but yet again, it's not conformed to being on the wall or it's additions and it brings in this whole like collecting of books and rare things. Yeah. And it brings a whole aspect of a three-dimensional tangible object in a digital world. Like it's so impressive to see people making zines and, uh, and I call $10 zines, you know, yeah. like, and then there's like 20, $20 zines and, and, they come with like CDs and stuff you know, <laughs> it's like random who knows what. And they're put together by, you know, recycle materials or sewings and bindings. You get into like bookmaking just through yeah. that, just through that, uh, that art form. And they're all art forms combined into one. So I think if not outside of art, then folk art. Yeah. Um, and I know like for, with my background, mostly being in studying comics and like growing up with comics and trading cards, mm-hmm. uh, there's this element th- of zine culture that, that, Reminds me of like training things, you know, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Um, because you see a lot of that at seeing like where someone like may not 
pay cash for something, but they have a zine of their own that they sure. made, and they'll say like, "Hey, I'll trade you my zine for your zine." Oh yeah, the bartering system is alive mm-hmm. and well in zine culture. Just because mm-hmm. it's it's one artist into another, yeah. and a lot of the Little Rock uh, emerging arts or outsider art or lowbrow art scene is supported by other artists. Yeah, so. and I, they're also like it's always my inclination to just think of zines as like mini comics, but there's so much more than that. And some of them, they're like documents of like historical documents Mm -hmm. or people just recording, uh, various types of like local history. Yes. Um, I remember at the last scene night, there were people there from hot Springs who just had like, it's like a list of like past shows. And I think, um, low key arts. Yeah. Low key arts. Yeah. The VOV zine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was uh, lucky to be a part of that zine a while ago. And, uh, it, you know, uh, Hot Springs has a lot of love mm-hmm. uh, for for art in general, but they have a lot of love for their underground uh, people yeah. here in Little Rock, and they support us. Just uh, we should probably build bit better yeah. bridges <laughs> <laughs> and do better things, uh, which is coming in the future. I feel yeah. like with the right mentality and the right direction of people uh, networking, uh, yeah. I have a pretty solid networking with a few people in yeah. Hot Springs, and I think we can make something a little bit bigger, a little more tangible yeah. again. That that source of who knows what we could do? The possibilities are endless. <laughs> uh, zines are often linked in and uh, with DIY musical tradition. Uh, was that part of what you considered when you were when you started having scene nights? And has the music kept a role in the zines uh, folks are making in Arkansas nowadays? Yes, the music is obviously a big part of the zines. Back you know, back before internet stuff and digital stuff, it was mostly like you had to go to the shows to get your mm-hmm. zine out. And, you know, I was there with my zine going to like Midtown and Whitewater. And it was, I think I was right still when you can smoke in Whitewater. <laughs> so that's when I got into town. So it was kind of like going and smoking a bunch of cigarettes and passing out this goofy little book and just trying to make friends. And I guess that's, yeah, it's going to keep doing that, you know, and that's going to still happen. Uh, now that there's a bigger range and variety of zines, I'm pretty sure music has played an influence on all of them. Mm. You know, they all had some kind of sound like they were inspired by a song to make one or if like it just, the world clicked at the right time to inspire this thing, you know, this, it all made it clear. Uh, It's all about punk rock. (laughs) It's it's all about rock and roll and just making it yourself. Absolutely. Um, But also, watching people mass create an idea that mm. came from something like a zine, like a DIY zine and then becoming a published, you know, author of a, whatever it is, graphic novel. It's hopeful. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's great to see that transition. It's not selling out anymore. I think it's just a bunch of, you know, a way that you can build yeah. a career, you know, yeah. you can find a career through it. You know, you never know if there's going to be a Smithsonian selection of zines yeah. or memes. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, well, this, you know, other than zine night is definitely bring your own table kind of thing. We encourage you to have a proactive sense of setting up and distributing your art and your culture, you know, like your info, you know, no matter what it is, even if you're just walking around with a backpack and handing out zines or trading, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Um, we're trying to have more of them each year. We're not trying to have just the one or the two. Like I want multiple from multiple people. I want it all across Little Rock into, you know, like I want to say Hot Springs and do one in Fayetteville and do one wherever. Like I want people to start doing them. You take over the state. Well, I just want to. I just want to see more of it because then we can bring in a small press expo and use the yeah. convention center where it needs to be. You know where and bring people together to Arkansas and say, hey, Little Rock is definitely going to be a cultural rough gem for a while. But once we polish it right, 
It's going to be yeah. great. You know, it's going to be a cultural, you know, kind of a mass in the middle of the country. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so the GoFundMe for Gallery 360, mm-hmm. uh, is there a link? There is a link. It's a, uh, there's um, LR underscore 360 on Instagram. And then there's a uh, Gallery 360 Facebook page, which I am now being, you know, hopefully I'll be the admin mm-hmm. soon and I can cool. take over that and kind of rebrand it and kind of set it up to where the recognizable you know green dot and all that stuff um but it's gofundme.com backslash gallery 360 and then z night is november the third at gallery 360 gallery 360 um yeah um but i get to i want to make sure that i represent the fact that there's two galleries now within gallery uh the building itself uh one of them is called gleanings uh which is found object art and that's Jay King's main focus is going to be promoting upcycle and found object art. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is going to be great because that's the whole other side of the wall because there's a wall in the middle now. So. And at Zenite, will both of those sides be accessible? Yes, yeah. and there will be plenty of room for indoor. Um, yeah. Weather permitting, we're going to have a little bit of electronic music vibe this time just to you know give them, give them a shout out to them, you know, let them have some fun. Is there live music this year? Yeah, a little bit. But it's just, like I said, an electronic style, kind of uh, not quite a DJ session, but something Mm -hmm. different just to let artists be artists and just kind of give it more of a reading vibe and talking vibe. I want to make sure that people network and meet each other. Uh, I'm definitely going to be what they call a zine formation, you know, more information. I want to be there, uh, you know, asking for donations to the gallery and more info if they ask and, you know, up and coming shows and all that good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking some time to speak with us. Absolutely. Thank uh, you for having me. Welcome back. And to wrap things up, we're going to throw a few recommendations your way. Amaya, do you have a recommendation? I do. I have several recommendations. Wow. Um, one, first and foremost, this is the most important. Everybody remember to vote. Go vote. Tuesday, November 6th? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't early voted already. Uh, my second recommendation is, uh, so if you've gotten this far, you've listened to the interview with Matthew Castellano, and I want to uh, emphasize the point that everyone should go to Zine Night. Um, and because, you know, when you support things like that, they happen more often, and part of the, one of the goals is to have them more regularly than once or twice a year. Um, and then the last recommendation, it's not really a recommendation as much as it is... Um, I want to make sure everyone is aware that, so typically our, our film screenings are on the third Tuesday of the month. However, because of the Thanksgiving holiday and a number of new releases coming out that week, uh, this month it's going to be on that Monday, the 19th mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. So if you listen to the last episode, we talked about Tom Popo, and I'm sure you're all really excited to see it. So just be sure that you come uh, a day earlier than you would otherwise. Um, Stephanie, do you have any recommendations? I do. I have two. Uh, number one, I just would recommend that you go see uh in its last weekend the rocky horror show at club sway um different kind of clubs and theater troops put this on every year around halloween and i i guess now uh i'm of the firm belief that like it may be exclusively gay clubs should put this on because i'm <laughs> i'm not a particular fan i should say of the film or the musical in general like in its own form at least not in so far as um 
as like, I don't know all the props and when to use them and all the callbacks and things like that. So it, you know, this has a, this film has a cult following and uh, maybe out of spite because my friends were all into it in junior high and high school. I kind of wasn't, I don't, I don't know if that's a silly reason or not, but um, I've seen the error of my ways and I, I, I discovered that I was wrong by going to Club Sway's uh, production of this show. Brittany Sparkles, uh, the actor here in town, is both um, Frankenfurter and she directs the play. She is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sounds like Susie Quattro, mm-hmm. one of my favorite rock and rollers. She looks like this combination of like burlesque, um, like Dita Von Teese, but also kind of like Tav Falco, if you know <laughs> Tav Falco's sort of like a uh, very sort of Liberace Prince um, polished style. Uh, she's just, she's magnificent and she managed to just coax these performances out of people that everybody just committed a thousand percent to their look, to uh, their dialogue and um you know, if they can convert me to loving Rocky Horror, they could probably convert you to loving Rocky Horror. And it was fantastic. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go see that. I should say I, I have another um, sort of side auxiliary recommendation. If we're just going to willy nilly yes. allow ourselves to have more than one. Um, I would say go check out on Spotify. Uh, unless you have ethical reasons for not listening to things on Spotify, <laughs> I won't try to convince you otherwise. But if you have Spotify, check out this new compilation from Bike Rack Records in Northwest Arkansas. So Northwest Arkansas has uh, this sort of little blossoming, um, not only live music scene, but also like an, a new audio scene. And there's a new uh, studio in Bentonville called Haxton Studios. And Bike Rack and Haxton put out this compilation of Northwest Arkansas artists. Melly Pond is on there. Uh, Jamie Lou and the Hullabaloo are on there. Smokey in the Mirror. Uh, really cool stuff. And uh, you can find that. It's just called Bike Rack Records Volume 1. Cool. Yeah. Rebecca, do you have a recommendation? Yeah. Hi. Uh, I'm Rebecca Hall. I'm a reporter here for the Arkansas Times. And um, this is my first time on a podcast. So right. pretty stoked to be here. Thank you both yeah. for having me. <laughs> and my recommendation this week is the new iteration of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix. I think it's fully titled The Dark Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just a really, really delightful treat. It is manages to um, give us a really grown up Kiernan Shipka. You guys may know her as Sally Draper from Mad Men. All grown up and navigating becoming a woman and this coming of age tale against a backdrop of spooky witchcraft and a battle between light and dark as Sabrina is half mortal, half witch. Um, So it's really just a a fun watch that deals with some pretty complex themes. I'm only about two episodes in, uh, but we're already dealing with bullying in school. We're already dealing with the Dark Lord as a patriarchal presence in Sabrina's life. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting how, um, you know, in having these conversations about whether or not Sabrina is going to sign her name away in the Dark Lord's book, those conversations really turn into, well, why does the Dark Lord get to tell me what I get to do with my body? Like, that's literally a line from the first or second episode. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's really cool as uh, a young woman who is not so far away from her teens to see this representation on a show of, like, a group of young girls, Sabrina's friends, who are all just, like, 
very unflinchingly feminist and very much so about protecting other women that they're friends with. And then this is, of course, happening against some teenage romance between Sabrina and her boyfriend. And it's in the same universe as Riverdale. So fans of that show may also enjoy the campiness and the darkness that's present in this, um, knowing that maybe there'll be some potential crossover sometime mm-hmm. soon. I don't know. But um, no, it's just a, it's a really fun watch. It's really seasonal you know we we're just now after halloween um but for anyone who likes kieran and shipka or enjoys a teen drama or just enjoys some dark magic i think it's a really fun watch and i mean i'm really excited to see where kieran goes with this and um what netflix continues to do with this Right on. Cool, awesome. Yeah. And Stephanie, do we have a move for the week? I do. This has been kind of off my radar, but there's a 2004 play called Blackbird by this playwright, David Harrower. And uh, basically the premise is that this 27-year-old woman sees a picture on a magazine of her former abuser, uh, this man in his middle ages who, uh, yeah, middle ages, who, who abused her when she was 12. And so originally it was played by... Michelle Williams and Jeff Daniels on Broadway and the studio theater is putting on sort of a I I think it's kind of maybe a staged reading I'm not sure if it's fully staged but they're going to put this on it's a lot cheaper than community theaters uh, productions typically are it's 10 bucks and they're going to put it up tonight and uh, 7.30 tomorrow night at 7.30 and Sunday at 2.30 and the studio theater is on 7th Street Um, you can uh, check them out and and go grab a ticket. I think we have tickets up at centralarkansatickets.com too. And so uh, check it out. Just kind of like uh, on the heavier side of things. I understand it's very intense. Um, And Maddie Meeks and Dwayne Jackson from the Studio Theater, uh, I think are the only two characters. So um, I've kind of grown fond of um, seeing productions that have a really small cast, I, I think it maybe, especially in a small space, lets mm-hmm. the actors be really intimate uh, with the audience. And, you know, productions that uh, are, are big and bombastic sometimes can't do that because there's so much going on. Yeah, so that's called Blackbird, and it's at the Studio Theater this weekend. There's a ton of things going on, though, otherwise. So please check out the to-do list, and in brief, in this week's issue of the Arkansas Times, you'll find that it's uh, our travel issue. So if you're looking to take a road trip, it's a great time to check that out and get out of Little Rock. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Mm